believe we're not just a bunch of hearers in here, but we're doers of the word. And because we do the word, we're blessed in what we do. We thank you for these things now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, we're going to continue with our study this morning on what manner of man Jesus was when he walked the earth. And what manner of man or woman we should be as his followers. And right now, we've been focusing in on the faithfulness of Jesus. How many know that Jesus was always faithful? He always did what he heard his father say or what he saw his father do. Always. And that, to me, is, should be our ultimate goal. We're called to be like Jesus. We should be listening to and hearing from him and what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. You know, that's, I believe, one of the main reasons I would have to say this, and I have to point the finger at myself, because I sometimes don't do this all the time. I sometimes stay up late and do my, some praying and stuff. But I pray throughout the day. But my point is, shouldn't we get into his presence before we start our days? Just saying. Don't you think he would help us to do everything we should do with excellence and help us Take us down shortcuts or help us avoid the, the traps of the enemy? Just saying. Why do we have to wake up and go do this thing or go do that thing? Why can't we take 10, 15 minutes and say, God, I'm just going to spend it right here, right now with you. I'm going to open my heart up and I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to reveal to me what I need to be doing this day. What directions I need to be going in. What steps I need to be taking. And I guarantee you, you start to live your life that way, how many know your life's going to be very blessed? God will position you to experience more of Him and to experience more of His blessings. And He'll position you to be used by Him to be a blessing to others. We should all desire that. Hallelujah. But God, Jesus was faithful. Faithful. Plus, we've looked at how important it is for us to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness before we ever step out into faith. And then after we get faith stirred up in our hearts and we release that faith, how to keep, st keep standing in faith by continuing to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness. We saw that all last week, didn't we? It's so important to continually, all the time, consider the faithfulness of God. To remind ourselves of the good things He's done for you and me. And I know sometimes people say, well, I, I don't know what he's done for me, Pastor. Well, have you, ha, are you born again? Have you been saved? Then just the fact that you get to go to heaven and not go to hell is enough to shout about for the rest of your lives. Especially when you get to heaven. And especially when, well, I don't know if we, you know, I don't think we're all going to get the, you know, and I don't want to experience what hell's going to be like. We were talking about this the other day. Uh, Jay and Becky came over to the, our house, and they were talking about in one. They went through some cave system, and we we're talking about the what is it called over here? Uh, the cave system, right? Lewis and Clark. Thank you. But they'll take you down real deep in those caves, and it's all lighted, and and you get down there. Then all of a sudden, they the lady, you know, she, you know, you want to grab onto something or grab onto somebody or whatever, because when I turn these lights off, you ain't gonna be able to see. Well, man, they turn those lights off, and you literally cannot see the hand in front of your, your face. And I said, I said to them, I said, that's, what, that's probably what one of the things hell is going to be like. That, 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 that deep, deep darkness. All you're going to be able to, and, 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 and I, I, I can't even begin to imagine being in that kind of state forever. 
You know, I've heard about people who have gone to hell, and I don't know why I'm off on this, but that's okay. I've heard of people who went to hell. This one guy talks about, he was just, he went down, I don't know, it was just a short, he's a Christian, and he actually went down into hell. He talks about when he was down there, that this demon, this huge demon came up with these claws and just started to, just to cut him up. And, 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 and as he was doing this, these worms were crawling through him and stuff. And, and, and then it would just, like his skin would grow back, and it just happened, kept happening. And all he could hear is this screaming going on. I'm like going, dear God, I can't even begin to imagine that. Nobody can. Nobody can experience, nobody can understand what hell is really like. But I will say this, it's not a place you want anybody you know to go to. Do you know that Jesus Christ died for Osama bin Laden and Adolf Hitler and Stalin and all the other evil people that are out there or have lived throughout history? He died just as much for them as he died for me. And that Jesus loves them just as much as he loves me. I've, I've read another account where I think it was a woman was walking through with him and and the woman noticed that Jesus, because the, the, they're crying out to him, Lord, I believe in you now. I believe in you now. Save me now. But it was too late. Did you hear me? It was too late. We have an, we have an opportunity to get born again while we're here. Everybody will. Otherwise, God's not fair, and we know God is fair. But if you reject God's gift of salvation, if you do not confess Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior while you're here on this earth and you step off into eternity, you've, you've already settled forever where you're going. In other words, there's one door into hell. Entrance. There's no exit. It's powerful, isn't it? What are we doing about it? This woman said that she looked at Jesus and these people were crying out to him. And he's, there's tears running down his face. He doesn't want to see anybody in hell. Some people say, well, well God sent him there. He didn't send him to hell. They, they, they chose. They chose to reject God's gift to them. I've given you my son. All you've got to do is receive him as your personal Lord and Savior. And when you do that, you get born again. You go from a state of death unto life. You go from being separated from God to being God's very own child. It's not a hard thing to do, my friends. Jesus has already paid the ultimate price. He's the one that suffered through hell. He's the one that took our sin, was made sin with our sins. Just reading that again uh, this morning, I mean, it was yesterday. Yesterday. Made sin with my sins. Made sin with my sins. He willingly did it. Why? Why would we continue to, to, to play around with this? I don't know how else to say it. Play around with the world. Play around with sin. Because I want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself. 
a stinking lie of the enemy. I'm telling you from somebody who experienced it. I know what the world is like. I've been to some parties with some people that are professional athletes. I've been through that kind of, that junk. Waking up and you don't even know where you're at. Waking up and you've thrown up all over the bedroom. Don't even know how you got home. I know what it's like to go to bed with a woman you don't even know her name. I know what it's like to look in a mirror and hate myself. I know what it's like to be living so far away from God, running from Him. But I also know what it's like to come to that place where I've hit rock bottom. My life can't get any lower than this, God. Cry out to him. And to have him run to me. Have him run to me. Not say, clean your act up, Daniel. He didn't do that. He just picked me up in his arms and began to love me. And he began to change me. Glory to God, he's still working in me. Shaping me and molding me to his image. From one degree of glory to the next. And I know what it's like, even after getting born again. I know what it's like to sin. And make mistakes. I know what it's like to be in the ministry and make mistakes. You feel so, I mean, just the, the, the condemnation that tries to get on you. The enemy comes and tells you, you don't have what it takes. I know what that's like. But I also know what it's like to get the revelation of how much he loves me. How much he believes in me. How he'll never leave me nor forsake me. How there is therefore now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus. My God doesn't hold the sin over my head. He already knew I was going to make the mistakes. Do you know he already knows the mistakes you're going to make in the future? Do you know that? And he's already made a way for us to get back up. To be cleansed and to move forward with him. That's how much he loves you and me. God is so good. As you can tell, I'm not on my message this morning. Somebody needs to hear this. We have a lot to be thankful for. You have a lot to be thankful for. I can tell you with complete authority from my life. The way I've gotten to, um, the way I've been able to become more proficient at living by faith is to come to understand 
how much he loves me and remind myself of his faithfulness and remind myself that he cannot lie. It's impossible for him to do so. And remind myself that he's not into playing favorites. If he did it for one, he'll do it for me if it's in here. Hallelujah. You know, when people get up and testify, and we need to have that happening a little bit more in this church. We need to have people be bold about testifying in this church. And send them into us so we can put them on our webpage. Amen. God is good. And if he's been good in your life, we need to hear about it. Amen. But as I've said to you before, hearing testimonies doesn't give you faith. It's the word that gives us faith. But testimonies do something to you. They should do something to you. You should get excited in your spirit. Why? Because if God did it for Riley, God will do it for me. Now, that's not what I step out on. I step out on the truth of God's word. I got God's word on it. Because God's the one that's going to bring it to pass in my life. Amen? But the point I'm trying to make is you get this revelation of these things. Then living by faith isn't such a struggle any longer. We're we're believing God for this building right here. Do you know this building is under contract? They're supposed to be closing next month. (laughs) Woo! It's like sometimes I I consider myself, and I said this the other day, I find myself, I, I think of myself like I've just stepped off a mountain. Just stepped off of a mountain. And I'm just saying, God, catch me. Because I'm taking you at your word. And I know sometimes people will say, well, what are you doing about it, Pastor Dan? You know what I'm doing? I'm taking God at his word. I am believing in him. Has God been faithful in my life? He saved me. He delivered me from drugs and alcohol. He delivered me from sexual immorality. He delivered me from brawling. He delivered me from all kinds of stuff. He was faithful to do that. He called me into the ministry. He was faithful to do that. He blessed me with a beautiful wife. Way beyond what I should be married to. Glory to God. He did that. He was faithful to do that. He's blessed me with wonderful children. He's given me an incredible daughter-in-law. Beautiful daughter-in-law. But yes, I pick on. But I've told her before and I tell everybody else. If I'm not picking on you, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's faithful. He's been faithful. When my daughter died in my wife's womb, he was faithful. He got me through it. When my mom was killed in a car accident, God was faithful. Got me through it. My dad died of lung cancer. God was faithful. He got me through it. I've been through a lot. A lot. Here I am. And the same God who's got me to this place, been faithful for all these years, is the same God who's going to bring the manifestation of this building into our hands. And I know some people, because I know the devil jumps on my shoulder every time I say it here. Boy, Pastor Dan, what are you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do when it doesn't happen for you? What you going to do? You know, he's the one that's defeated. He can't change that fact. Did you hear what I just said? He can't change that fact. But see, 
I'm in Christ. I'm a victorious one. Ha, ha, ha. And my heavenly daddy, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My, all the silver and gold are his. Do you think buying this building and renovating this building is a big deal to him? Now, it's a big deal to him from the perspective of he wants it done for the glory of, 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 the, of God. But as far as the cost, the, the money, the finances, what is that to him? What was that? That's a big word. Minuscule. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen, listen, listen to me. I just sense in my heart. I sense in my heart that there's people here who have struggled with your life. And what I mean by that is you have looked at yourself, the way you've lived your life, you have this thought that you don't measure up. That you don't have what it takes. Could be because of the mistakes you've made in your life. Could be because of what the way you were raised. I don't know what it is. Could be something you could have been raped as a, as a teenager. My wife was raped. Those are things that deal, you deal with. I've got things that happen in my life. I... I have things I deal with in my life. And I know God has, has set me free from it. And I've been healed of it, the broken heart. But you guess who still tries to bring that stuff up all the time? The devil will come. And he will hit you. And try to get you. To focus in on how bad you've been. To focus in on you're a sorry rascal. You don't have what it takes. We got to get bold about this. Or you're going to find yourself getting hurt over and over and over and over and over again. We're not supposed to live like that. As Christians. And I'm not saying that to condemn anybody in here. Because I just said I deal with this. But we got to get bold about it. When the devil comes with thoughts telling you that you don't have what it takes because of all the mistakes you've made in your life, just let him, just say this to him and say, devil, let me tell you a little secret. My God believes in me. My God loves me. He already knew the mistakes I was going to make. And yet he chose me anyway. He still said, I want Daniel Greenwald to be my son. I want Daniel to be my son, my child. However, you devil, your place in eternity has already been established. You will burn in the lake of fire, not just for a day or two, but forever. So if you want to keep coming back to me and trying to hit me with condemning thoughts, I'll keep on reminding you of you what awaits you. Because see, you're defeated, I'm not. You're going under, I'm not. I got the victory because my Jesus has the victory. He's already defeated you. He's already kicked your teeth in, hallelujah. That's my Jesus. See, let's get bold. Let's be bold about this. Who are you? 
Uh, yesterday we had uh, Sarah's uh, mom and dad and uh, brother was there at our house. They spent the night Friday night. And um, uh, her brother, Seth, is all into the Avengers. He's a good boy. But <laughs> I get all into that stuff too. But it's just, again, I, I, I just, it just keeps going off in my heart. We got to get the revelation of who we are now. We are no longer natural people. Seriously. I know we live on this earth. I know we can feel things and, and we can see things through these eyes. But this isn't the real. You're not looking at the real me. Because the real me on the inside looks like the Hulk. Oh! I'm a superhero. You might say, well, Pastor Dan, what can you do? You want to know what I can do? I can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I can do exactly what Jesus did. Jesus is the one who said, you believe on me, Daniel. The works that I do, you'll do also. Did Jesus raise up the dead? Yes. The glory to God, this boy, in his name, can raise up the dead. I mean, I know some people say, well, who are you? I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Boy, there's an anointing in this place right now. I think I'm having a good time. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. I, 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 I have a new shirt, not really a big fan of it, but it's one of them button-up shirts, those Western kind of button-up shirts, you know what I'm talking about? Man, I thought the other day I was taking it off, because this is how it went, you know, kind of snaps out, and I thought, man, that'd be such a cool shirt to be wearing up here one day, and have underneath it my, my little drape, what do they call it, not, cape, thank you, my cape, and have a big F when it rip it off, faith, man. We, you and me, we're meant to be faith men and women. We're, not, we're supposed to be operating in the supernatural. When, listen, listen, listen. I heard about this where a, 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 a man, and it was, they made a movie about it. The man was killed in an accident. He, dead, he was dead. And this man goes, can I pray for him? And he go, the guy goes, sure you can. He's dead, you know. But they went up. He laid hands on him. The guy got up. He got up. Now, 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 question. Should that only be happening where that individual is concerned? Why shouldn't we all be doing stuff like that? I'm not saying to be flaky about it. We're still called to be led by the Spirit. But has God changed? Has He finally, has He, well, we no longer need to operate in my power. For we have those words in the book. And then all you need to know is intellectually understand these things. And your life will be forever changed. Is that the way it's supposed to be? Because it is that I ain't got a chance. <laughs> I believe in the power. I have faith in the power of God. I believe that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. I believe he wants to be doing these kinds of things to you and me. I'm trying to get you stirred up to finally get to the place where you stomp your foot and say, that's who I am too. I'm a new creation. Oh, I've been saying that a lot lately. I'm a new creation. I'm a, I'm a new creation in Christ. I have, no, no, well, glory to God. Notice the word at the beginning of it, new, new. I'm a new creation. I'm a species of being that never existed before. And now, 
all of a sudden, eternal life came in me. Eternal life came in me. The God kind of life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Oh, glory to God. Now, when we learn to yield ourselves to what's in the inside of us, when we're faced with what man is labeling as impossible, we'll look at it and smile and say, glory to God. Another opportunity to trust God. Another opportunity to be used by God. It should be every one of us. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you just got born again yesterday. You're now a new creation. Wouldn't it be really cool if you could look into the spirit realm right now? And you could see yourself for who you really are. And you could see the angels all around us. Wouldn't that be cool? You know, I, 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 obviously I went to Ramah. Dad Hagen is my father in the faith. One of my fathers in the faith. But, um, you know, he talks about, he had many visitations from the Lord. And he also had times where he saw angels. And he had other times where he saw demons. And he said this one particular demon stood between him and the Lord when the Lord was trying to share something with him. And this little demon looked like a little monkey. A little monkey. And all of a sudden, this thing was going, yuckity, yuckity, yuck. And as he was doing this, it was like a cloud would come up. And Jesus couldn't even, I mean, uh, Brother Hagin couldn't even see Jesus anymore. And he's thinking to himself, doesn't Jesus know? He could, he could see enough to see that Jesus' mouth was still moving. But he's not hearing. All he's hearing is, And finally, Brother Hagin stomps the foot and said, In Jesus' name, you stop. And he said the demon immediately fell over. And began to whimper. And Brother Hagin said, boy, he got a little through his chest. Oh. And said, he said, said, he said, said, now get out of here in Jesus' name. He said, he jumped up and ran out of there. And now he was able to see Jesus. Hear from Jesus. And all of a sudden, Brother Hagin was looking at him. And Jesus said, why didn't you do something? And Jesus looked at him and said, I couldn't. And now Brother Hagin was taken aback. He said, you, you, uh, am I mishearing you? Did you say you wouldn't? No, he said, I couldn't. He said, Brother Hagin, I mean, he said, Jesus, I, 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 I don't know if I'm hearing you right, because I keep on hearing couldn't, but I know you meant wouldn't. And he said, no, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything about that. You had to do something about that. I've already done everything I am going to do where the enemy is concerned. It's now your responsibility. It's now your responsibility. Friends, we have authority over the devil. I said we have authority over the devil. Why do we let him run roughshod over us? I am endeavoring by God's grace to become more efficient at taking thoughts captive by the stinking enemy when they come. I'm not, what I'm trying to get at is this. This is something we all have to trust God for. Because the devil will not let up. He comes and 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 he comes. And if you are consistently yielding to those thoughts and all of a sudden fear starts to get on you, it's not God's fault because you're not doing anything about it. He's put that authority into your hands. 
So why not rise up, tell the devil to get out of there, and know that he will in Jesus' name. Why am I saying all this? Because again, we're new creations in Christ Jesus. We're children of God. We're supernatural beings. We're supposed to be doing miracles. We're supposed to be touching people out there for Jesus. I, you know, the world doesn't need to just hear, oh, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now, you just receive it now. And they look at you, man, what's up with you? I've heard those words for years. I don't see any difference in your life. What are you trying to tell me about? Ouch. I think one of the biggest hindrances right now in the church world is we have so many people that are preaching mere words instead of allowing God to demonstrate himself in those people's lives. And what it's going to take is not just the pastor or the minister, but all of us getting this revelation of who we are now and rising up and being who God created us to be. I want everybody in here to get excited. I want everybody in here to burn with the same passion I have in my life. I want you to come up and say, Pastor Dan, I got to testify. Well, what do you want to testify about? Well, just I think this is one you want to just wait and hear. And they get up and say, well, I was at work and I was sitting there and I was just praising the Lord and I was lifting my voice to him. Of course, I wasn't being flaky, Pastor Dan. But anyway, I was praising the Lord and glory to God. All of a sudden, I heard this crying behind me. And I looked and I turned around and this, this man is looking down at his wife. And his wife has collapsed on the ground and she looked like she had died. And pretty soon we could tell that she was dead. But man, God came all over me. The Holy Ghost came all over me. And I said, get out of my way. And I went over there and said, in Jesus' name, rise up. And that lady got up off the ground. She was alive and her husband wasn't crying no more. Her husband was shouting and look, her husband's in her in that wife. They're here today. Glory to God. Why? Because God used you to touch them for Jesus. Hello? Will God do something like that through you? I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. We're called, this isn't just for the minister. This is for those who believe. I've, uh, you've heard me say this before. Believing is easy. You're either going to believe it's true or not. I'm serious. That's the truth of it. I already made a decision a long time ago. I see it in here. I believe it. I base my life on it. I take my stance on it. I'm not moving off of this. Amen. I believe the word. I choose to believe the word. No matter what I see, no matter how I feel, I choose to believe the word. Now, I'm not saying I don't get challenged. Oh, I get challenged. And sometimes it gets a little, you know, the challenge is turned up. You may not fully comprehend this, but the devil does not like what I'm preaching to you this morning. So what will the devil do? He'll try to come and get me discouraged. He'll try to come and get me to, to, to start to yield over to fear and be anxious because of the building or whatever the case might be. You know, I, I have a vision to reach a lot more people that are in here today. And I'm thankful for all of you who are in here. You know that. 
But there are so many people out there who are not hearing this kind of message throughout the Skeleton Valley who need to be hearing this message. Amen. We got church family. I'm sorry. I stopped myself. I'm very thankful for everybody who attends this church. I really am. But if you're going to say this is your church, you need to come to church. Just keeping it real. I'm not, I understand people work. I understand that kind of stuff. But this, you know, if you believe that God has brought you to this church, then you believe that God is going to use me or my wife or somebody else who's preaching up here to bring the word for you. Hear from God for you. Bring something that's going to help you, that's going to change you. Amen. And if that's the case, don't you want to be at church? You know, I, I, when I was at Ramah, I got, I remember we had, a, we had, and I'll close with this. I remember I, I worked at Tippins. I was, a, I was a cook. Oh, man. Anyway, but we had Winter Bible Seminar. And man, we were having a, the, the, the Winter Bible Seminar, I think this was the first year when the Holy Ghost began to fall. And I'm talking about, they were having humdingers. They're breaking chairs. They're falling down on chairs. We're talking about ladies in dresses, men in suits, and all this stuff. It, it just, the Spirit of God is breaking out. I'm working at Tippins. <laughs> I, 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 and my, my, my attitude has always been, I don't want to not go to church and miss out on what God wants to do for me in that service. Amen. Has your flesh ever not wanted to come to church? Both my hands are going up. But guess what? I'm the pastor, first of all. <laughs> But second of all, it's because I've learned this. My flesh isn't going to tell me what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell me what I'm going to do. And I'm going to go to church because that's where my answer is. And I can go there and I can have good fellowship with those of like precious faith. I can come here and be used by God to minister his love and his goodness and his power to others. There's nothing better than this. I want to be in church. When the Spirit of God gets to moving in here, people are running and shouting and having a good time. Again, some of you might say, well, that really happens in church. Oh, it does. And it should be happening more. Why shouldn't we be rejoicing a whole lot more than people who go to a concert and hear some drug-induced person up there doing their songs? I don't even want to think of a song right <laughs> But do those people have fun at, at, at concerts? Are they not shouting and running it? Well, they have what they call them mosh pits, throwing themselves into each other. Oh, yay, we're having a good time. They're all drug, drug induced and have drunk or whatever. How much more should we be having fun in church? Do you know that God has given us the new wine? Just saying. The Holy Spirit wants us to be filled up with Him. And when that happens, if you find yourself start to chuckle a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to bring back bad memories here. But how many remember when you first drank your first wine or your first beers or whatever? And all of a sudden, girlfriend, you ain't even raise your hand. <laughs> but remember when that happened, you know, the first one, all of a sudden, you kind of giggle a little bit. <laughs> and then you start to laugh. <laughs> then you start to lose control. Am I, am I the only one that ever had that happen? But then you start to feel horrible and you throw up and all that. You know, how horrible. That's the devil. Takes you up and tsh, takes your life down. God's not like that. 
But God wants us to experience, have those kinds of experiences. Do you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength? You ever feel weak? Start to laugh. Yield to the joy that's on the inside of you. You get strong. Hallelujah. I've been in those kind of service where people are running and shouting, and all of a sudden this peace comes on me. I mean, it's, you can't even, you really cannot put it into natural words. It's so beyond anything. I've been in services where it was so, I mean, with thousands of people, where it was so quiet, you couldn't hear a pin drop. And not just for a couple of minutes, for like 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God fell upon a singer, and they began to sing in the Spirit. You can't get beyond, you can't put that into natural words. It's so incredible. It's so beautiful. Does God want to do these kinds of things here? Oh, hallelujah. I would encourage you to go back, look up on YouTube some of the meetings from the uh, 90s, Brother Hagin's meetings where people get to move and the Spirit of God gets to move. And, oh, hallelujah. It's so funny because I remember going back and watching one service where there's one uh, preacher. Oh, I know who the preacher is now. And I just... No, not Marty. This was another one. This was at this guy's church, and it was a, they were having a, a, a meeting. And then all of a sudden, Brother Hagin slaps this minister, and this minister jumps up off. It's his church. Jumps up off his seat, runs up, jumps on, to, jumps on top of his pulpit. Did you see me jumping on top of the pulpit? <laughs> he jumps up on top of the pulpit, does a little jig, then jumps and runs behind the stage and jumps off into the plants. I mean, he disappears behind the plant, and they're all up there. They're all walking up to try to find the guy. Glory to God. Now, you know, I, I know sometimes people, some people say, well, that's just a little extreme for me, Pastor. Let me tell you a little something. When you get to heaven, what do you think it's going to be like when billions of people gather together to worship Jesus? What do you, a mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Have you ever been somewhere? Maybe you've been to a, a concert where 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 people are at. And all of a sudden you begin to shout Jesus. I tell you, something happens on the inside of you. What's going to happen when there's billions of us? And we start to speak Jesus. Jesus. Oh, the anointing coming on me when I'm saying that. Jesus. Jesus. Pretty soon, Jesus. We just keep getting louder louder jesus 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 and all of a sudden he walks out and there he is what do you think's gonna happen oh praise praise god i'm so glad he's here now man you're gonna hear some shouting going probably the earth when we're up in heaven we hear us shouting it's gonna be that loud that's what it's that's and why not why why not practice that kind of stuff right now we're called to live by faith right can that happen for you and me? Should that be happening in this kind of in this place? Why? Why? Because we're not natural. We're supernatural. We're children of God. We're new creations in Christ. And I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many mistakes you've made in your life. God loves you. God believes in you. God, God if he could save someone like me, he could save someone like you. Amen. He could save someone like Ron. He could save someone like you. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm telling the truth. He could save someone like Eric. He could save someone like you. Save someone like Kelby. Dear God. 
He could save someone like you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. With our eyes closed and no one looking around, I know the majority of you in this room are Christians, but I'm not certain about everybody, and I want to know, and I want you to know, this whole service has been for you.